A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Buck fever is hitting many in our state, and Wisconsin Farm Bureau Government Relations Innovation and Engagement Strategist Karen Geffert reminds farmers and hunters to know the rules about trespassing. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. So Karen, what are some of the points that hunters need to know before they go out to their stands? Well, we are in hunting season, so one of the things from a landowner and a trespass law perspective is to really engage in some clear communication. If you are going to be hunting some land, you have to ask permission either verbally or in writing to move on to someone else's land. So we encourage hunters to have that communication very clearly with farmers and landowners prior to the hunting season beginning. I think sometimes it happens that, you know, a hunter may ask one person at the farm, but maybe that's not the right person to ask. Is there a good way to suggest for hunters to make sure that they are talking to the person in charge? Yes. So when hunters approach a farm, you definitely want to ask for the farm manager or the farm owner to make sure that you are talking to the person who can give you the authority to access that farmland. If a farmer comes across someone who is trespassing, how should they handle that and who should they call? So obviously clear heads prevail here and there can be some you know there can be some high stakes when we find people uh, on land where they shouldn't be but if there is a farmer who finds someone on their land as a trespasser they should call the local sheriff's office so it kind of makes sense you'd think to call the DNR warden but they don't have the authority to investigate trespass complaints so it is your local county sheriff's office that should be called so what happens if say you're hunting on land that you're allowed to be on and you you know, shoot a deer and it goes on to land that you don't have permission to be on. You have the responsibility to follow the deer, but what do you do? Sure. So you do have the responsibility to to follow that game, uh, but you do still need to verbally or in writing get consent to enter someone else's property. So there are a variety of apps that hunters use these days that do provide some of that contact information for adjoining landowners on the hunting land where you're located. And we encourage hunters to kind of preview that ahead of their hunting season to have an idea that if they can be proactive in having some an instance like that happen, that they have that those resources and the contact information readily available so that they can retrieve their game with proper consent. So what are the rules about posting trespassing signs on your land? Sure. So we do suggest that if you have some, as a landowner, as a farmer, if you do not want hunters to access your land or you're concerned about that, definitely to post those uh, no trespassing signs uh, along your property. There is no requirement for the most part for the trust the no trespassing signs to be posted. It is the law that um, if this is not your property and you don't have permission to access that property, that would be considered trespassing. There's no requirement for the signs to be posted unless there is private land that is essentially what we call land 
blocked within public land. So imagine you have a great big rectangle and in the very center is private land and it's completely surrounded by public land. That land, the private land, would have to have no trespassing signs posted because of the situation of it being landlocked within public land. Karen, do you have any other tips for farmers and hunters as we head into the busiest part of gun deer season? Yes, that is upon us. So again, that uh, preliminary early communication and conversation between hunters and farmers, you know, it goes a long way for hunters to approach farmers, make sure you're talking to the right people, but also acknowledge at this point in time of the year, farmers are really busy. So keep that in mind as uh, hunters are approaching farmers to access farmland, you know, just that open, transparent, frequent communication will go a long way. Farmers need hunters to manage the deer population and the wildlife in the state of Wisconsin, and the hunters need farmers. So it is a a good relationship to make sure that we keep in the positive, proactive communication category. Up north, we have a, a little bit of a unique situation now where we have elk herds. Tell me a little bit more about differentiating between a buck and an elk. It is really important now with the growth of the elk herd in the Jackson County area, as well as the herd that is located in the Clam Lake area, to ensure that you are 100% positive that the animal in which you're shooting is truly a white-tailed deer. We do have, especially in the in the female range, we do have some gray area as far as what you might interpret to be a white-tailed deer versus an elk. So uh, the DNR has been proactive in putting out some literature and some public service announcements on differentiating between elk and white-tailed deer. And we just encourage, especially in those those areas of the state where we do have elk, to just be very diligent on identifying your animal before you shoot. Going back to Hunter Safety 101. That was Karen Geffert from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau sharing more about trespassing rules and what we need to keep in mind during hunting season. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.